Um, all right, so uh, we have completed a draft of the residential development area analysis, um, and we're, we're gonna talk some about the findings of that analysis tonight, but mostly we're gonna kind of stay at the 30,000 foot level here and talk about, um, I guess, sort of the why and the how of, of why we're, you know, of, of this analysis. Um, and the, the draft itself, we either already have or will be circulating to the group, so um, if you wanna get into the nitty gritty of the calculations and all that, um, we encourage you to do so. Um, okay, so you can you can go ahead and advance, Chester. All right, so just uh, for some context, um, we're doing this because um, it is required from the MPC um, in doing a comprehensive plan. Um, and the relevant portion reads that a plan to meet the housing needs um, of the present, uh, sorry, this is really small, to meet the housing needs of the present residents and those individuals and families anticipated to reside in the municipality, which may include conservation of presently sound housing, rehabilitation of housing in declining neighborhoods, and the accommodation of expected new housing in different dwelling types and at appropriate densities for households of all income levels. Uh, okay, you can go ahead and advance. So with, with that in mind, um, sort of uh, the, the central question or the goal of this analysis um, is to answer the question of, will the amount of the land in the jointure that, uh, that's potentially suitable for development be su sufficient to meet the needs of the jointures projected population growth. So there's kind of two prongs that we're looking at here. There's the supply side, which is that first uh, darker blue portion of the land potentially suitable for development. And then there's the demand side, which is the projected population growth. And we just want to make sure that those two things are in sync. Okay, you can go ahead and advance. Um, so I'm gonna first start talking about the demand side a little bit, about the projected population growth in the jointure. Um, and then I'm going to hand it to Lisa, and she's going to talk about the, the supply side. Good. Okay. Um, so for the demand side, um, essentially what our process was, it, it was a few different steps. So the first step was to obtain population growth projections um, for the jointure up to 2030, um, and th these were figures that were recently released by um, DBRPC. Okay, so the second step um, was to use these population growth projections um, together with persons per dwelling unit figures, which was provided by the census, and then we were able to generate um, a projection of how many new dwelling units the jointure will need to um, accommodate by 2030, uh, between uh, 2006 and 2020, um, to determine uh, the percentage of development that occurred both within and outside of the residential development area. Um, which is defined as these zoning districts, um, and that was defined in the, in the current plan. So using that percentage of how much development occurred within and outside of the residential development district, um, we could determine how many total new dwelling units uh, the jointure will need to accommodate within the residential development area um, by 2030. Um, so just, uh, you know, for the, for the record to reflect, that, that was, um, it's 410 total new units that the, the jointure um, will need to accommodate um, based on the population projections. And of that number, 193 um, would need to be centered in the residential development area. Um, and that's based on, again, those population projections. So that's, that's kind of the demand side.
What, what I'm going to do is sort of explain to you, and I think we've touched on this before, but just to go over the process again, um, how we went through to determine the potential or the capacity remaining in those development. Basically, there are three land use categories that we pull off of that map. It's the vacant lands, it's the rural residential lands, and they are um, basically single-family properties, but they're over five acres. And then the agricultural lands. So once we pull those off, the, the next thing we needed to do was really determine what properties, what parcels in those categories really couldn't be developed. You have open space um, protection areas, you have preserved lands, and also there are um, quite a few parcels that are over five acres that are rural residential that are restricted from further development. So basically it was really to go through and weed everything out where it was preserved or it couldn't be further developed. Um, this was sort of interesting. Uh, it took a little longer than I anticipated because it's sort of unique with Wrightstown and Upper Make. You have a lot of rural residential parcels that are part of subdivisions that have been subdivided. So while in one hand we say, you know, rural residential, we're looking at them for possible future development, we look through plans to make sure any of the parcels on our list weren't restricted from further development. So to the best of our knowledge, we've weeded all of those out. And we also checked with, with the zoning officers. Um, and basically, we're focusing on those six districts, the residential development areas. Next slide. So once we weeded out what the parcels that really it, it seemed like they couldn't be developed further, we're left with you know a more refined list. And basically to determine the capacity of development on those parcels, where, where is applicable, we applied a maximum density. Um, and that's based on the gross site area. So if we had, we had the gross acreage for parcels, if we could apply a density, and usually that comes into play if you're talking about a cluster or a performance standard subdivision. If the site met the minimum site area for those types of uses, we could apply a density on the overall gross tract. In situations where there was no density or um, there was a, a site that didn't meet like a five acre minimum for cluster, uh, then we based the number of dwelling units on um, the net site area where we netted out the protection features of 100% floodplain, 100% wetlands. Um, you have steep slopes and woodland standards, which are percentages. So we tried to net those out and then we would base it on the minimum lot area. Next slide. So going back to this, we, we have the slide a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you, well, can just, you can advance. Yeah, you can get this one. It's sort of like a sequence. Yeah. So really, just the follow through because um, it's not it's not that it's brain science, but at the same time, it gets a little bit complex to try to make sure we're getting as accurate a picture as we can. So basically, um, we determine the potential the, the the potentially developable units in the REA. And then the next slide, we have the demand that Jeremy talked about. And the next slide is to find out whether we have a surplus or deficit of units 
by 2030, we look at how the supply and the demand match up. So basically, the supply minus the demand. And the next slide is, oh, is that the last slide? Okay, so just to give you some figures of what we've come up with. But anyway, based on, on that whole process, we determined that there's a potential for 992 total possible units in the development districts, those six districts. And that's across, you know, all three townships that's added up. So when you look at um, what Jeremy talked about in terms of the number of units that the residential development area would need to accommodate, that number was 193. We're saying in the, in the supply side that there's 992 potential. So that actually leaves a surplus of about 800, 799. The overall purpose of really even why this isn't a comp plan and why this is, you know, the whole analysis is done is getting back to where community plans for its de development to occur. Mm -hmm. So you have certain districts that you really are, you've planned for development to occur more in those districts than the, the more reserved districts. Mm -hmm. And if the, if the analysis showed that that area couldn't accommodate the projected number of units, then that's when a community might want to start to think about, well, where would we expand our development district? Right. But because of the surplus, that, that's not an issue. Yeah, we didn't see that at all. Mm -hmm.